Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a this is Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. Show's on iTunes, show's on Stitcher, show is on uh, all things comedy, all the things. I'm doing stand-up in L.A. this week, and then I'm going on a cruise for the Jonathan Colton cruise to do a live Dork Forest and hang out with a bunch of awesome nerds, dorks, geeks, whatever you want to call them. And then... I'm in Spokane, Washington, and then I'm in Peoria, Illinois. So live it up, folks, if you want to come see me do stand-up. My new album comes out March 3rd, and it'll be available on iTunes and Amazon, and then hard copies at the end of the month. So it's available for pre-order right now on iTunes. I don't know if it's available on for pre-order on Amazon, but there you go. And it is called I Am Not the Hero of This Story. So if you like my stand-up comedy, feel free to pre-order that, the old uh, albums are all available as well. Hard copy and digital in the normal places. And, uh, let's do the credits. Mike Rigberg composed and sang that song. You just heard, sang it with his wife, Sarah, just had breakfast with them. He will sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and Vilmos fixes JackieCation.com. JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com both have a donation button. If you like the show, feel free to donate. Knock yourselves out. Or just tell people about it, or you can order merch. Another way to support the show is to use the Amazon banner. The Amazon banner is uh, under support the show at JackieCation.com. It's just a link at thedorkforest.com. And um, all it does is bring it to Amazon. You order for normal, like normal from Amazon, and the Dork Forest gets a little bit of a kickback. Thank you very much for that. You can get T-shirts and CDs and, and my DVD hard copies at dorkforest.com and you can find my schedule, my extended schedule at jackiecation.com. It's all actually on jackiecation.com. Whatever. I don't know what I'm forgetting, but God knows. Let's get into the show because it's a good one. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Uh, I'm sitting in my living room with friend of the show and friend of Oh, I think podcasting everywhere. Chris Mancini, welcome back. It is great to be here. I love coming here. And, uh, I always think, oh, <laughs> when I drive up here, like, oh, I passed it. Like, uh, I've already, I've already missed the turn. Like, oh, right. No, it's really this far north. We are north yes. in the valley. Yes. We are north in the valley, <laughs> which, uh, makes it, uh, the, what is the word I'm looking for? Oh, right. Affordable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. Good for me. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Your if, kitchen in progress, it kitchen, looks beautiful. Right. Uh, you got some parsley growing out of mm-hmm. the backyard here in, in February. And, um, I know it's like being in Kansas in the fifties, right? This is fantastic. Oh, oh, I am very much a Kansas housewife in the fifties <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why, uh, the, uh, the depression wife comes out on me when, when we moved into this ticky tacky, awesome house. And so, uh, Chris Mancini for the uh, American public, uh, and the world public should know, uh, comedy film nerds. Yes. Uh, founder and continued ongoing LA podcast festival creator. Yes. Uh, here in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles podcast festival mm-hmm. and, um, writer, director, writer, director, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, y- you enjoy a scary movie. We've, those are previous episodes. We've talked some horror. Yes. Indeed. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because uh, it finally happened. It's finally done. Yes, <laughs> it's the podcast uh, documentary earbuds. Yes, 
an implication about headphones, you guys. Yes. I get that. <laughs> so I'm not above it. It took forever. It did kind of take forever, but mm-hmm. it is beautiful. So, um, Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, and your work, you said you're working on a bigger distribution than just comedy film nerds. Yes. <laughs> right now it is at a comedy film nerds and for digital and, um, DVD, and we'll sign the DVDs for you too. Sure. Um, but we're working on a distribution deal where it should get everywhere. But, yeah. you know, a distribution deal takes some time because they, um, uh, they don't want to pay you any money. <laughs> right, right. You have to keep talking to them and say, yes. why are there no dollar bills, yes. dollar signs in this country? Um, can we get to the word reasonable? Is that, <laughs> that, that's the goal. It's not like, oh, this is great. We made it. To, no, we got it. We have to get to reasonable. That's right. where we're, we're headed. You know, my, the Horcrux, you know, my Horcrux story. Yes. Cause, uh, mm-hmm. uh, this will, uh, this will make an excellent Horcrux. The DVD special I shot myself, um, at Acme, uh, three years ago and put out as also as an album. Uh, Rangers know that, but it's, uh, it is available for download, $10 download at comedyfilmnerds.com. Yes. And, um, I tried to get a distribution deal with Netflix and the contract literally said that they would own it for 10 years and I would get no money. And then afterwards, after yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't I do that? Why? <laughs> and they were like, and it was actually, it wasn't even with Netflix. It was going to be with Hulu. Right. And, which, uh, and it was three years ago, so um and I was supposed to do it for the exposure. Of course. Of course. And I was actually there was part of me that was willing to do it you for the You know why exposure. companies don't exist for the exposure. <laughs> Companies right. don't do things for the exposure. Yeah, they expect it, you to. Ex- right, <laughs> exactly. And uh there was I mean there is a part of me that's like yes I would like the exposure so you can take me for a buggy ride but please take me for a 3 year buggy ride and give me 10 grand cuz it costs 20. Right. And uh and we'll split it. How about mm, that? Yeah, uh, that, th- these companies are cash poor, Jackie. It is hard. <laughs> it's hard to be a corporation these days. Yeah, I know that there's people. Especially on the internet mm. with um with, with a lot of costs. content. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> streaming costs are so enormous. It's uh <laughs> I always wonder I don't know why I want to talk about this for another oh, anyway, but um <laughs> but that cuz the uh we could, we could dork out about internet corporate structure and financing. <laughs> For a thousand generations. It's, yeah. And my favorite, my favorite thing is when I play a gig in Canada and I come back to the United States and my bank won't cash the check for six weeks. I was like, is I it know. Six weeks? Yeah. And oh 50, and it costs $15 US. And I'm like, first of all, are you familiar with the exchange rate? And second of all, I have the internet. I know what the exchange rate is. Why don't you just give me the money? And, uh, it'll all work out. It takes a long time for ones and zeros to travel. I guess. Just over the, <laughs> the ether. Yeah. And, uh, so, Chris Mancini, you, I, I always think of you as a film guy. Cause yes. you're a film writer and, mm-hmm. and director. And mm-hmm. I just, uh, you're like, nope. No, I want to talk about the newly found love of board games. I think because too, it's like, well, I talk about movies every week. Oh, right. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I was like, well, what else do I do? You know, right. And, uh, one of the things is last time I was here, I talked about the graphic novel that I was that's working right. on. And, uh, I sent you the first chapter. Yep. Cause that's part of like, I just love writing. But yes. one of the things I've discovered is that I always grew up playing board games. It was, you know, Monopoly, Mastermind, all the classics, Risk. Uh, yeah. And then uh, my How go-to. How many siblings do you have? Do you have any siblings? Only one. 
Yeah, and okay. he was much younger, so I would always just play with friends. Oh, interesting. And Look at you with your social uh, skills. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was either Dungeons and Dragons, or we'd get together and play Risk, right. or it was um, Axis, uh, and, Axis Allies. and Allies was the big one. Axis and Allies was That's the, the first one. game I ever played with you. It was a yeah. six-hour tension headache. It, it, it really was, headache. because it was a, quote, anniversary edition. Yeah. So it had all these extra rules, pieces, and uh, play mechanics. So yeah. even since we had played the game before... This is still taking forever because I don't know what's what's going on. Right, and setup always takes a always takes an hour or more if it's fiddly. It, yeah, it and, and that one is extreme. It takes an extremely long time to set up. Right, we yeah. only made it to 1943. No, that was, that was so we <laughs> if we were lucky. Get yeah. through the war. <laughs> yeah, and it was uh, it was one of those things too. I always wanted to play like Japan because I always thought, well, no, if I do it differently, Japan could really win. Right, uh, and it's interesting. The game is so. Um, well balanced and so set up so well that, uh, sure enough, like, you know, I did the Pearl Harbor attack and, right. and, uh, um, I would expand into Russia and all the surrounding territories, but the U.S. would eventually outproduce you in units and yep. then win. Yep. Um, it depends also how Germany was doing on the other side of the board. Right. And, uh, but Japan, even though I love playing it, I would always be one of the first ones out. Right. And, and you consider, did you consistently, did you stick to Japan? You're like, I'm doing this. Oh yeah. I was okay. very stubborn. <laughs> I was like, I can make it work. It's somehow this I can, can make work. it work. Yeah. This can work. And, uh, every once in a while I did. Mm-hmm. I was successful, but 70, 80% I was not. <laughs> uh, I remember once too, like, uh, one of the best strategy players, it was, uh, Dave. He's actually the, um, uh, was the sound mixer for earbuds, you know, oh, nice. he's a, uh, lifelong friend. And, uh, he played Germany and I played Japan and I got, but he was doing really well as Germany okay. and I was Japan. And then I got, I got knocked out and I had to go home. It was getting late. Right. I heard the next day, it took us forever to kill Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it took literally the rest of the world to finally get rid of, uh, right. Germany, because and he had expanded and done so well yeah. on his own. So, and what people should know about Axis and Allies is that it's, it's, uh, it's not an ideological game. No, it's, <laughs> it's it is more a game of, a risk of game. strategic placement it's, of right. units. It's stratego, yes. but yes. super fancy. Right, it's the fanciest of all stratego games or battleship. Pretty much, yeah, and yeah. And what I loved about it too, it was like the first game I played back then that you had all these different units and they all did something different. Like, well, do you buy tanks? Do you buy men? Do you buy bombers? Oh, okay. Do you buy fighters? Do you buy aircraft characters? Is it a, right. is it a sea battle? And oh. it depends too. Well, what's the other person buying? Yeah. Because you know, well, if they, if they're, they're stuck on the sea, you better buy some planes. Right. Right. Yeah. And, but if I spend a lot of money on a battleship, it gets like a support attack onto the mainland when oh, they, right. when they invade. So, okay. So you get all these like different kind of like, uh, you know, in video games, they call it the rock, paper, scissors kind of thing where, you know, one thing has a strength against something, but it's weak against something else. Right. So it, it was a, so strategic on what you would buy, what you would use and what the other person was doing too. And, right. So it's a balancing. Right. And, yeah. and it was like, whereas risk, everyone has the same units. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, I just, I just love playing that game. And then, you know, I, I stopped playing games for a while, but then. Yeah, you you got you got sucked into your career. You yes. know, it's that video games and video mm, games took over mm, for a long time, mm. and and then and so in the last couple of years, have you just because we are it's blowing up all this yes. is I think this is the third board game episode of the Dork Forest in the yeah. last four months. There's definitely been a resurgence, and yeah. one of the um um one of the reasons is because of Kickstarter, the way that those the games Andy, on Kickstarter has exploded. Now, now Andy says that. Uh, 
Kickstarter is actually the most successful things on Kickstarter right now are board games because almost everyone is willing to support a board game because they get a board game at the end of it. Um, so they are the things that, um, are kind of blowing up. I mean, I don't know enough about Kickstarter because I know that you did. I know books. a fair amount. Right, right. Three of them. Yes. You did the graphic novel. Yes. And didn't you do earbuds? We did on... earbuds, but also we kickstarted the festival there too. Oh, the first year? Uh huh. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just three guys in their forties with good credit. No? No. No, it no. turns out. That first of all, that doesn't exist. And uh <laughs> Not in Los Angeles. Uh but no, it was we weren't even sure if people wanted a festival. So okay. that's when we kickstarted it. Oh right, because it's also Kickstarter, of course, is a good advertising platform to find out if there is interest. Right. So okay. uh so after doing three of them and then I um what I found too is that I like browsing Kickstarter because it's also gives me like a mental pick me up sometimes, like when you see all the creativity and all the things that People are doing in everything from board games to well, um, toys or anything. Yeah. It's like I've, I supported like a fidget cube. I supported a, um, uh, a chess board that the pieces move on their own where you attach to the app and you could, uh, play against oh, like, it. Was that's like, awesome. Like really cool. Like you could have the, uh, like the Star Wars kind of, but not a hologram. Obviously. Not a hologram. Yeah. yeah. But the app actually controls the board, but the board has mechanisms where you can play against, you know, um, the app, but it moves the pieces on its own. Oh, oh, so it's a chess game, but it's three dimensional, it's essentially a three dimensional. It's an actual chess board, so but that attaches to the app. You could play it normally, but then it also attaches to the app could, where you play it against. And you could play single player against the AI. Yes, or you could attach with someone else with the app and play against someone on the other side of the world. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you get that yet? No, I haven't gotten it yet. I okay. really want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's, do you, do you remember what it's called or? Um, something chessboard. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. It's a app and chessboard. Google yes, that. Yeah, on, on yeah it'll be, it's somewhere. I'm sure. It's, uh, so, but you just go down a rabbit hole of. I look around and I just browse. An inspira- that does sound yeah. inspirational. It is. Actually. It is. It's really fun. And then, uh, you know, the thing, like some of the stuff is like, I, like, you know, the kids want, like I showed them, do you guys want that? Like is a little fidget cube where you hold what is a fidget cube. A fidget cube is something where if you can't sit still or, you know, you're taking a test or whatever, and you know, you you want something to do with your hands. It's a little cube that each side has something different to do with your fingers. One's like a little joystick. One is buttons. One is like clicks. Okay. So, um, it, it's to kind oh, it's of focus you. Cube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it focuses you. Yeah. It's supposed to focus you so you can, uh, concentrate on what else that you're doing. Well, that's weird. That's, yeah. it, it sounds like it would be exactly the app. Yes. <laughs> but it's some sort but, of psychological yeah. uh, uh, study was done. And I heard about it from like one of the other dads at school. Sure. It was like, uh, okay, well, I'll check it out. And then the kids went nuts when they saw it. They're like, I have to have one. So, I need to have one for my multitasking yes. child who can yes. do one thing at a time. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, but you know, but they're cheap. You know, if you're, you're 10, 20 bucks, it's not that big of a, an investment. But then I started looking at board games and that became a much, larger money and time suck yeah. because I love the elaborate nature of like the big board, the miniatures and like really toy cool value. gameplay. Yes. There's toy a- value. <laughs> <laughs> so the ones I, uh, um, and they take forever to come in by the way. Right. Right. And, What's, uh, I mean, a- Andy gave, I, Andy was very disappointed that he could not be here. For this episode. <laughs> Quite honestly, he, uh, there's an unspoken rule in the dork forest and mm-hmm. when it's games, video uh-huh. or board or mm-hmm. tabletop, 
he would like to be the one so, to also be in on it. But, and um, he, you know, he has that extra, um, dimension of he actually makes them too. Right. And he had to go, you know, he's teaching, uh, game design 101 at this tech school over in Burbank. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. This is the third him. year. He's third season semester. He's doing it. He's, uh-huh. He loves it. It's, uh, and he's, it, it's a game design class mm-hmm. and it's everybody who goes to, who's in the game program at NYFA, uh, it's New York film Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a trade school, right? And, um, has to take it. So he, every semester, he gets everybody and it's all it is, is, is game design. It's basic game design. And, uh, instead of video games, he uses board games. He teaches them game mechanics, basic game design. Right. And, um, last semester he taught also a level design, but that he did work through Steam and actually, mm-hmm. uh, they made levels, but, uh, right. It's, he has backed, he gave me a, a short list of the games that he has backed, <laughs> uh, at what, 75 bucks a pop? They're probably? not cheap. That's where you get like, I mean, they have the cheap ones, like the card game ones or the mini games, but, but they can still be 30 bucks, right? Yes. But unfortunately, the ones I really like mm-hmm. are the more elaborate toy value miniatures where it right. creates this giant world where like, I can't wait to set that up. Right. You want to set that up. Right. You're an Axis and Allies guy. Exactly. So it's, uh, so now I have to like, all right, well, I can't get too many of these. Right. Cause only... you also only have two children. Right. And, yeah. Uh... <laughs> and only one of them really loves playing games. Right. And, uh, you know, like, like my daughter, she just turned 12. She likes games. Yeah. But she doesn't have the patience for an elaborate setup and taking a long right. time. Right. She's playing our pandemic yes. legacy game. And, and that's like right at her limit. Yeah. Like anything more complicated than that, like Axis and Allies, forget it. No. Yeah. And, and pandemic is a little fiddly, but the good thing about it is that it's cooperative. Yes. And so, it moves quickly. And it moves quick and you're, there's a constant, what do you think we should do? Right. As a group, which yes. children love that. Yeah. Uh, cause nobody's ever asking them. <laughs> it, it, it's true. <laughs> and, uh, the, the, um, Oh, cause we have the regular pandemic. You know? Right. But my eight. I love kind of more than yes. pandemic legacy, but we do have to schedule another legacy. Definitely. Just to get through it. Um, but the, uh, my eight year old son, however, is intrigued and fascinated by a really complicated and long setup of a game. Interesting. So he has a lot more, which is interesting because I wouldn't consider him to have a lot of patience. Yeah. But for this, for he's, some reason, yeah, he is. He's, he's really engaged in it. It's the erector set. For, right. Cause he loves Legos. Your boy, he yeah. he loves the kind of like the intricate, the way it, it kind of gets put together. Like, uh, I bought, um, Zombie Side, which is, Zombicide. Uh, is a Zombie Side. Yeah. Okay. Uh, quote, then underneath Black Plague. Okay. Because there are Zombie Side games where you play and you, you fight zombies, but this one is set in the Middle Ages. So you get to use magic and spells and nice. everything like that. I love and, the theme that they're doing these yes. days, that everything has a theme. Yep. And what, so I, that one I didn't uh, get on Kickstarter, but when I bought it, it was like this more of like a D and D setup where each little board, as you go through modules, like you set up the board, depending on where the, uh, um, oh, there's like uh, a the plot is, point for, yes. there's different, there's different scenarios. Like there's like okay. eight different scenarios you play in the game yeah. and it's also cooperative. Like you're all fighting against the zombies. Oh, cool. So it's really neat, but it's also very complicated, but your characters, they level up, they get different powers and you know, each scenario gets more and more complicated than the last one. Are these one. three hour games? The, you know what? It's, um, the beginning ones, no. And then as the uh, as scenarios more, progress and you get more proficient, then they get longer. Because you have a character that goes from one mod to the next? You have a char- Does the character go from different scenario to different scenario? No. Every scenario you start you at zero again. You create a new again. character? 
pretty, you have a, like a choice of the heroes. Right. And then, and then, but every time you level up, you pick a different power. So each time your character would be different. Okay. Uh, so, we, you know, we, we played that, you know, my wife got bored instantly, but, uh, <laughs> my daughter liked it, but my son absolutely loved it. But it's the kind of thing too, where, you know, you kind of need more people. It's like, yeah. we need to want, want to schedule more games. That's one of the things I wanted to do when I came over here. Not only did I want to do the podcast, but I wanted to see your game schedule. So we oh, could, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause, uh, and, uh, very much so. Well, you know, we're going on this, uh, Jonathan Colton cruise, mm-hmm. Jonathan C- Colton, uh, it's he's a they might be giants kind of musician mm-hmm. and he has this very big fan base and because the songs are smart and funny but they're also catchy and fun right? right and so he i'm doing stand-up and a live dork forest on the joko cruise mm-hmm. and it is a cruise to mexico for seven days and it's uh and i get to bring andy and andy has contacted him he's like may i set up a game room Mm-hmm. And they are like, please do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he's, we're, um, we're leaving on March 3rd, but, um, but the, um, but yeah, we, we definitely, because he also, th- there's a game your son might like that we got as a gift from Andy's from Angel that we've only set up once. Really? And it took over two hours to set up. <laughs> and luckily there was a glitch. Cause I am your wife. I am, I am, I'm done. <laughs> it's, uh, the last game I bought that was seems, called. That seems excessive. Two hours to set up. It, right. And luckily, uh, somebody made a mistake and the game was over in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Descent into Hell and it's essentially Dante's Inferno mm-hmm. with the seven rings of, uh, of right. hell. Mm-hmm. I believe it is. I mean, we played it probably seven years ago. Right. And we, don't throw it out. We don't, we, we would never throw out a board game. Obviously mm-hmm. we take it to a board game cafe or we right. give it to Goodwill or mm-hmm. we would, cause you don't, I mean, there's just too much work right. involved to ever throw it away. But the last game I bought it. And someone else could use it. Yeah. And someone mm-hmm. else will like it. Right. The last one I bought was called a, I think it's called Dastardly Dirigibles. And, um, okay. it is, um, it's a very simple game and it mm-hmm. takes approximately 15 minutes. I love a game that takes about mm-hmm. less than a half an hour. And it is, you build a dirigible, uh, with, um, suits of, of steampunk. It's, it's oh, just neat. a, yeah, the art's really fun and mm-hmm. it's, and it's just a quick back and forth. But, uh, I will show you when we hang up, uh, when we hang up. Uh, <laughs> that's how long I've been doing the dark forest. Remember when you used to call in? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, I've gotten, Three, three games myself. I've got Dastardly Dirigibles mm-hmm. and I've got, um, the Battle of Hogwarts, which is a mm-hmm. cooperative game where you, uh, play the kids fighting like Malfoy or Voldemort. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a deck building game. It's sort of okay. uh, like magic a little bit. Right. And then Andy got a game and he bought it specifically because it had pirate ships in it. He was like, it's seven dollars. Even if the game sucks, I get a pirate it's seven dollars. Yeah, a, a merchant ship and mm-hmm. a navy ship, and we played it, and it was really fun. Oh, cool! It was called Pirate Breeze, I think. Pirate Breeze, and you get to, and it's just you get a, you have a handful of cards, mm-hmm. or there's, there's movement cards, and mm-hmm. every turn you get to move your pirate ship, your merchant ship, and one of the two navy ships to go mm-hmm. attack the other person's, mm-hmm. one of the other players' uh, pirate ship. Mm-hmm. And your merchant ship is trying to get to pick up merch and then go drop it off at a different place and get doubloons. Right. Uh, your pirate ship is trying to rob the other person's pirate ship and then bury it on an island and get doubloons. 
and the um and then you send the navy to just sink other people's uh, right. pirate ship. <laughs> and then there's cards that give you more movement and there's mm-hmm. cards that give you extra doubloons and it's a simple it's but what it is is it's I like a game that gives you a lot to do but it's simple like right. w- once you play mm-hmm. one or two rounds you're like oh I get it yes. and then it then it goes you want a you want a uh um a smooth learning curve a steep learning curve um kind of detracts from the fun of the game right it it um i mean if you can face it right you <laughs> will probably have fun at the end of it right but you have to you it's a different kind of gamer i mm-hmm. think those gamers are people who are like no i want to i i want it to be hard to learn and then i want it to be fiddly as all not hard to learn. I want a rule book that's the size of a novel. Right. Yeah, I know. No, there's there's games like that out there. It's like at some point, like I'm not sure where my limit is as far as like complication. You but, haven't uh, found it. Yet, yeah, I, I may think. not have found it, but I know it's out there because <laughs> I look at some of the stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't think I would. That that's too much. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like uh, speaking of pirate games, the one I did back on Kickstarter. Yeah. Was Rum and Bones. Rum and Bones. Rum and Bones Second Tide, and I never played the first one, but when I saw it. It looked really cool because it looked like that kind of thing where it didn't look too complicated, where it was two pirate ships, mm-hmm. crews on each, and basically they just fight each other. You get the heroes, they have their powers, but then you've got all these miniatures that are the crews, and then oh. they go, they fight back and forth. And uh, But then there's all these random events like sea monsters and things like that. And then the thing that's... Wait, so it's a two-person game? It's a two-person it? game, yeah. And you play essentially a large One pirate crew. ship yeah, and with, the crew. And then you know you're boarding and attacking each other. Wow. Uh-huh. So they're not sea battles. They're actually boarding and doing yes. that. Mm-hmm. And then like krakens just show yeah. up and stuff. Uh-huh. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw it and I was looking at it with my son. He was like getting excited. But then the thing about Kickstarter too is when the games do well, they have all these stretch goals. Yeah. And the game manufacturers know exactly what to do. Like what they do is like, well, you know, if we hit these stretch goals, guess what? You get more monsters, you get more miniatures, you get all the things yeah. that as a gamer, you get you, very specific you, cards. You just want. You, yeah. You don't want like, oh, well, yeah, if I'm getting all this extra stuff for free, why wouldn't I back it? So yeah. they understand that like the more stretch goals you hit, it's like the more value people are getting for the game. So then yeah. more people back it anyway. Right. Um, it's automatic expansion set. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, uh, so, so my son goes, well, did we get the Kraken? I said, yes, we got the Kraken. We got the Kraken figure. But what I, what I don't like what they do is, um, a lot of it is like, then there's all these extra buys at the end. Like when you check out, it's like, well, there's an add on. Do you want this expansion? Do you want this? Do you uh, want that? I mean, well, just kind of give me everything. Right. And, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't try to upsell me every step of the way. <laughs> right, right. I, if I give you $75 or $35, yes, I want the thing. Yeah, that's right. it. And if a million of us do that, we all right. should get the stretch goals. Right, and right. Don't and, I, I, I don't need the guy to draw a picture of me. Right. <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> like the stretch goals and the add-ons. Then like there's always, well, you want a bigger board and things like that. I'm like, well, you know what? Just I, I want I want the game. I want the right. game and I want as much for my money as possible, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need all these extra things. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, so it also too, like it also in the back of your head, you're like, well, do I need these extra things? Right. <laughs> like, Cause I haven't played the game yet. Cause I haven't played the game yet. I'm not sure. Do I need these expansions right. to make it more fun? But, uh, right. so, so Is I Is there really... a way that I could play the game and then do right. an add on? Cause yes. that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and the other game I back that I cannot wait to get is called Outlive. Okay. And this is a, um, 
Um, this game that really intrigued me was because it, uh, and I haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. Uh, it, the game is set up into two phases. Post-apocalyptic. Everything's broken and gone. Sure. Uh, but then you have to compete with different tribes for resources. Sure. So. Gasoline. Guns and guzzling. Yes. How you yeah. supposed to- and what I love too is I was reading about it. When you start the game, everything is broken. Like literally you start with an axe, but it's broken. So you have to get resources to literally repair your tools before you can use them. Oh, like them. Minecraft. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, the first part of the um, game is that you go out and you get resources and you may have to fight other clans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And or, you know, I don't know if there's mutants or whatever out there or like other feral animals. Uh, but then the second part is you go back to your base and you rebuild, expand, and upgrade your base. And that's the second half of the turn, which okay. I thought was really cool. So I, I love when you play games, the upgrades and the building aspects of it. Those to me are really, really cool. Okay. If you're, if you're, and if you're, you know, fighting like Axis and Allies and then you're building too. Yeah. It's like everything I want in a game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's cool. So that one I'm really looking forward to. Those are the two I have quote outstanding right now. I like it when the, I mean, so I like it when the world feels like well drawn. Yes. You know, like, like, mm-hmm. and, but, but it doesn't have to be too fleshed out because I also want to use my imagination. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want cool miniatures. Oh, do you also want cool miniatures? Yeah, I do you want would, cool you miniatures. You would like cool toys. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, there was one that I think Andy got, uh, I think he liked, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, forget the name of it. Whatever. But, uh, there was, um, Sons of Bitches. It's a weird <laughs> name a, for a game. That is a really, <laughs> and yet, uh, actually one game I bought just randomly, I think it was at Games of Berkeley over in, um, in, I don't know where the hell I got it actually. It was called, oh, I didn't get it at all. It's uh, <laughs> because, uh, I ordered it online mm-hmm. because I couldn't find it in a, in a, cause it was, it was almost pre Kickstarter. It was right. Kickstarter had just started and this guy made this game called Traffic. Mm-hmm. And it's a drug trafficking game. And you showed um, me this game. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's super like homemade looking, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a giant board mm-hmm. and you start out there's you start out in the hood and just sell drugs in the hood. Mm-hmm. And then you can expand out and 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 travel Right. South America or travel mm-hmm. to Europe and there's jail time mm-hmm. and there's different cubes mm-hmm. and it's, um, and it's got a nice sense of tension that I don't, I don't enjoy, uh, I don't enjoy a lot of tension. Uh, but <laughs> it, for some reason in board games, I do mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a cooperative game and I like it when it's cooperative. I don't mm-hmm. think traffic is cooperative, but one of my favorite games, the first cooperative game, a I drug played, dealer game isn't cooperative. That's weird. It is yeah. weird. It's all everyone for themselves. It turns out. <laughs> The cooperative, the first cooperative game I played was, uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It's a Lord of the Rings game and you play, uh, the hobbits and mm-hmm. there are five different, you have to go through Moria, you have to go through Mirkwood and, and Mordor mm-hmm. and, and there are these sundial cards that tell you that, oh, shit went down. <laughs> and, um, I, genuinely felt anxiety when I had to turn over those cards. (laughs) It's sort of like on Pandemic when you have to roll the cities. Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it creates that sense of tension. Like, what's it going to be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time I come over, too, for a game night, I either leave with a game or I end up buying a new game. I remember, like, uh, I got Pandemic after playing it here. Right. And then the other one I got that the kids also like is uh, King of New York, which is another fun one. That is fun. Mm -hmm. I like King of New York better than King of Tokyo. 
because King of Tokyo only had, uh, King of New York has the boroughs. Right. And, um, King of Tokyo was very, it was much simpler. Mm-hmm. And so when they, uh, King, King of New York, there's the rule where you can't be in men. If you're in Manhattan, you have, you don't get to heal. Right. You have to, for some reason, go to Queens to heal. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and then they added the, the, the addition of the military. Yes. King of New York. King of mm-hmm. Tokyo doesn't have the military. Really? Yeah, it's just destroying buildings and fighting another monster. Well, it feels like it's like the upgraded version. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was just like, you know what? we And usually, like, I have my knowledge of game mechanics is relatively rudimentary. Mm-hmm. Like, I know all the words because right. Andy's talking about them all the time. Yes, but, he uses them on a daily basis. Right, right. So <laughs> I got access to some language, but yes. I don't necessarily have the depth of knowledge of like real game designers. You use the word meeple. I use the word meeple. Mm-hmm. I know I know what feature creep is. Yes. It's, uh, and, uh, which is, because um, Andy's right now, he's working on three board games. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got publishers for two of them. Oh, that's great. And, um, and it's... It's I'm going to sit back in this comfy chair if that's okay. Sit back in that com- yeah. comfy chair. I'm going to scooch mm-hmm. this guy a little bit closer to you so you can get your iced tea. Feels good. Feels good. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, I, he likes a fiddly game kind of like you do. So he kept mm-hmm. adding these, like this one time travel game that he's been working on. He keeps adding these mechanics to it. I'm like, oh, it wasn't broken, man. It wasn't broken. <laughs> and then I just played the iteration that he's got, he's working on now that he thinks is done. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's such a better game than it was a year ago mm-hmm. when he's been, you know. It takes a long time to make these games, to yeah. design them and play test and all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, it can be, you know, it's, it's why like video games, it used to be a pretty quick turnaround. And it is again with some of the apps. Uh, cause especially if they're based on Bejeweled. But yes, uh, but not console games. But not they're console still, games. Yeah. yeah. The Final Fantasy Legend and, and all the God of War stuff and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff takes three years. It's like a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you ever thought about designing games? You know what? I, I had a That's brief, the next. I had a brief stint working in two video game companies, uh, just in the testing department. Yeah. And, you know, it occurred to me like, well, do I, I mean, it's brutal, miserable work, but that's oh. the entry level. Right, right, right. And, the grunt work of it. All. And it really, I was tempted to, well, do I stay and stick it out and maybe move up? And it's hard I, to I, move I had up. thought about it. I th- and it is hard to move up. And I, I had thought about it, but ultimately, um, I wasn't sure. Like, really, what I like doing the most is just writing. Like, I like telling stories. Now, yeah. um, what does intrigue me, though, if I could do that and team up with a game designer, yeah. And make something together where something that's story driven that I could write and create a world, but then, um, work with someone to create the actual game mechanics. I think that would be really exciting. For yeah. Me. That's the, uh, that sounds, that sounds really fun. I mean, what the great thing about the board game blow up is, is that people who've worked in, as far as I can tell from looking at Andy's friends and all these people is that everybody has game ideas and that are game designers, right? Right. And uh, they're not allowed to make them. <laughs> and when, when Andy and I first started going out, I was like, I got an idea for a video game. And he was very polite about it for three months. Right. Until, <laughs> until we knew each other well enough that he was like, I have a stack of game ideas on my desk at PlayStation right. that I can't make. Right. Uh, and so mm-hmm. the great thing about board games is that you could take those game ideas. Oh, this was a video games. Yeah. You- Oh, in fact, um, yeah, he actually took one of my script ideas once and was 
trying to trying to tricked. move it into a, a video game. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. And uh, ultimately, ended up at a. Um, he referred me to. There was a game company in the UK that wanted to take it on. Yeah, and they, uh, but they couldn't get funding for it. Fair enough. So, but that you know, that's weird that that happens sometimes. Right, get funding. and well, some of the games, like the games he was working on on, on at PlayStation, they were sort of like movies and scripts yes. where. They would get production, production, and then they're like, well, we're not going to do it. Yeah. I yeah. remember there was one game. It was. Games get killed and they, after a lot of money is spent. It was a versus game and it was, um, it was just going to be like a Mortal Kombat kind of versus game, but it was, you got to be a different, uh, world leaders. Right. And, um, it was so great. But then I think the United States, uh, invaded Iraq. And, uh, you and think played, that happened? I know that happened. <laughs> and, uh, well, I think it was exactly the same time. It was probably 2003 mm-hmm. or four when PlayStation, Sony PlayStation, remember when they tried to trademark shock and awe? I don't remember that, but yeah. it makes sense. It was, they tried to sh- trademark shock and awe and they were going to make a video game about oh, it. And, uh, the backlash was so huge that they, uh, canceled the instead. political, yeah. <laughs> uh, the political versus game. Right. That Andy was like, this is the sense. best idea ever. But who would, cause who wouldn't want to be, you know, Gandhi in like a street fighter kind of situation, uh, versus, you know, George W. Bush? It would have been the most maligned game ever made. <laughs> well, it would have uh, been. But it, it was one of those games too that it was like also, it would have had this core audience that would have made it the best game ever made. <laughs> like right. it was that kind of nothing like, like the internet to really create right. five thousand people that want were something. dedicated to, right. to it. That's what Kickstarter, I think, is based on. <laughs> there are five thousand people as our podcast. As our podcast, <laughs> yes. exactly. Um. So yeah. So I, I'll tell you, like there, like there's a couple other um yeah. games I've been kind of um circling around, but they're just too expensive. So I, I'm looking at like the What's one. What's kind of the cap of what? Because you want to support, but but if there's Ten of them, and they're 150 well, well, bucks a pop. Well, that's just it. It's like more like I don't mind spending a lot on a game that's elaborate that I really want, but I can't. I, I do I have to do them less. Right, not everyone. Right, like yeah. one of them that I just bought was uh, Santorini that just came in. That was a much more manageable game, and it was uh, it was like little Greek gods, and uh, you're building little domes and and uh, um, structures. But then once the dome goes on, you you. you the structure is done and you can't win because the job is to get your meeple on top of the structure. So it's a two person kind of almost like a little Othello chess matchy kind yeah. of game. Uh, and the kids really like that, but I've been playing that. But then it's, uh. Wait, so you're building a structure. Yeah. But little... you also have construction workers that are building that structure. But yep. you have to get the, uh, one of the meeples to the top of the structure without finishing it. Yes. Uh huh. But then someone else can finish it and block you from getting to oh. the top. So what I like about it, too, is there's a basic level of the game where that's all it is. Then, if you want it more complicated, like, you can slowly add cards and rules and steps and all those things. So, which I like is, like, then you have, like, that kind of um, choice of, like, well, how complicated do I want this game? Do I want it just a bit? Do I want a quick basic game? Do I want to make it a little more difficult? Right. It's replayability. Yeah. Now, that does affect balance a lot, like, because when you do it that way, it's definitely harder for a game designer. I could definitely see that, like, some cards seem like, well, that's ridiculous. Then it's like an instant win. And other cards, it's like, I don't know, this makes more sense. Right. Um, So... Uh, I'm trying to think the one that I'm looking at now, but I can't afford is, uh, 
Heroes of Land, Sea, and Air. And you okay. can imagine how many pieces <laughs> that has on it. Because <laughs> there's land, there's sea, yes. and then what was the... Uh, and there's uh, air. Air. Yes, there we yes. go. Yes. And um, so that one is another big kind of risky, risk-type game where you go through and, you know, you have different factions and different vehicles and all these different things. But, yeah. Um, so the other thing too is I'm waiting for these other two games. I mean, there's only so many I could set up and play with the kids anyway. Right. So, but I, I do enjoy browsing too. I look in like just to see what different things are being made and, and yeah. even like not just on Kickstarter, but too in Amazon and some other right. places. Board too. game geek. Board game geek. I, I definitely go to. Yeah. And the one thing I will say that I'm intrigued by, but I haven't experienced yet. Yes. Is the marriage of a board marriage. game. Marriage. <laughs> Of a board game and, um, apps. Okay. So that intrigues me and I haven't seen it yet, but from what I'm reading, people really seem to like it. Like there's a game called Mansions of Madness. Okay. That is a Cthulhu type right. game where it's that kind of Lovecrafty in- yeah. investigator and monsters and all those things, but it has a companion app mm-hmm. that, um, does some of the game work yeah. for it. And, the other one that I'm looking at that I might get is called XCOM, which is based on the video game. Okay. It's a board game. But what I love, too, is it doesn't come with a giant rule book. It has some basic setup that comes in, and then you download the app, and the app runs you through playing the game. Oh, that's interesting. So I think that also makes it more fun and more um, accessible, and it's a co-op game. Okay. So it, it's, I think have it's pandemic with Asylum? Alien Invasion. Have you played Arkham Asylum? I've not played Arkham Asylum. Because it's, uh, it's, Mansions of Madness made me think of it. I think I've only played it once, maybe mm. twice, and it was um the the madness meter uh, <laughs> is uh is also full of tension. Right. <laughs> and uh I kinda like it, but I'm also like I can't go mad and then you know, I, I play with these people who love a role-playing game. So right. once the madness meter goes up, there's there's us and we live in Los Angeles, so there's some acting. Yes. Some acting happens and you get to do some act out. There's an actual madness meter. There's a, <laughs> and uh, people uh, can but, hold forth their Lady Macbeth impression. Yes. <laughs> They've been practicing at home. It's, uh, have you heard about Oregon Trail? I have. I haven't played it though. I it's, heard it's there's great. There's an Oregon Trail card game mm-hmm. exclusive to Target, supposedly sold out. Really? Uh, but they're getting more, they say. And, um, I, I would think, you know, the remanufacturing of a card game may not be that. Much that big of a deal. Yeah. No, no, it turns out, uh, and especially when that's sold out. Right. Uh, <laughs> so. But but I'm really intrigued by um, what's the next step. Like what what are the board games going to look like next if you're using um, app integration? Like okay. the one thing, like the Mansion of Madness, I heard it's got like a soundtrack and stuff. Like while you're playing. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah. So so what will it be used to create mood? Like what? Are, and at some point. Like, when are you playing a video game? When is it a board game? Like, yeah. how much stuff goes there? How much stuff goes on the board? Like, I love the, um, I love the board. I love the miniatures. I love seeing everything in front of me, mm-hmm. uh, at playing a board game. But I kind of like the idea of, uh, like, the apps enhancing it, especially with rules and, uh, random events and, uh, you know, helping us play. Okay. But, you know, at some point, we're like, well, if everything's on the app, then it's a video game. Then it's a video game. Right. And, one of the things I know that people who like board games more than video games have said, and it's not, it's just more, not, uh, there's no judgment there. It's, is that they like the fact that they're in a 
they're in a face-to-face situation. Yes. And so if everybody is looking, people. yeah. So if you're looking at your phone <laughs> while you're playing a board game, right? <laughs> how interactive is that? You know, yeah. and but one of my nephews wrote his senior paper on the community of like World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And whether it was to be considered a real community, you know, cause he had a guild and he had, you know, he had his team and he had people that he played against all the time. He's like, so I know these people, but I know them over headphones and the internet. So is that a real community or is it not? Is it a real human experience, you know, to play, right. to, to play online? Um, and. His his decision because he was seventeen and he loved it was yes. Yeah, and, that's weird how he came to that conclusion. <laughs> right, he had a hypothesis yeah. he needed to actually prove, and uh, he did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, it's I I do the the video game playing I'm playing right now is so casual. It's such casual gaming. I wish I had more time to play video games. Like you know, once I had kids, um, I found that I had more on my shelf than I could play right like it used to be like well i would buy a game and play it yes then i would go out and buy another game and play it there was never a backlog right <laughs> so right right and you now would finish there is them. yes yeah yeah so right now i am uh i am in the middle of like i just started final fantasy 15 because okay. that took forever to come out so i feel like okay i'm ready You're ready yeah and the other one is i'm still playing um uh every once in a while i pick up but you know they take uh, so long as the new Dragon Age. Okay. And, uh, but I got through it and then I'm like, well, you know, I kind of want to keep playing. So I bought like the downloadable content for $15. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you get the extra a- adventure. So I'm, I'm playing that now, but then, um, I'm tired at night. So sometimes right. <laughs> I don't actually get to play. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I saw like the new Resident Evil game came out and it looks so cool. I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'll just buy that and, you know, play that over the sleep. next six to eight months. Right. You know, because yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing, too. A game, oh, yeah, I finished that in like a week. Yeah, I, I can't. I know. Well, if, <laughs> there's the problem with playing a video game over six to eight months mm-hmm. and a game like that is that you lose muscle memory. Yes. <laughs> and so you have to yep. relearn yep. the the motor skills to get back into it. Right. And you're like... I might as well play it for eight days right. to check out. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, which is one of the reasons why probably it had to be 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I stopped, you know, when Andy and I moved in together, I was like, you have a PS3. Right. And Prince of Persia, literally the last game I tried to play. <laughs> and because, um, and then I just refused to turn it on. Well, we have a PS3 and a PS4. Oh, nice. Because we have games that we haven't finished. The kids yep. are still playing on PS3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the PS4 for just like the new games. But we have with the remote, it's easier to do all the video like DVD, like uh, Netflix and Amazon through yeah. the PS3. Yep. So we're just using it for that for streaming services too. Which is what we did with the PS3 for ages. Right. And, uh, it still it works. Just died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ours, and he, he had first gen. So I'm on my second PS3. That's not you? unusual. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was surprised that it lasted because he's had it, I believe, 14 years. That's a long time. For a piece of hardware to yes. last. It's a great For deal. sure. And um, so we bought, you know, and a, and a Blu-ray DVD player. Now, I mean, why I think didn't it was go, $65. So you didn't go PS4 to kind of... uh No, because, no, uh, well, mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want it because mm-hmm. I uh, want to read a book. Right. And I want to <laughs> look somebody in the face. <laughs> And I, cause I know it's sort of like when I play a casino, mm-hmm. I put off as long as I can 
going to the blackjack table. Right. Because I will not leave the blackjack table. <laughs> I will just, I will, I will lose money. And so, um, if I can wait until Saturday. Right. That does not usually happen. Yeah. Like on Thursday, <laughs> like it's a Monday, it's, it's like a Monday through Sunday, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, like by Wednesday, I'll be playing the video blackjack or video poker. Mm-hmm. And so by Friday, I'm usually sitting at a table and I just, I try to cap it at a certain amount of money. So, right. so I don't, um, uh, live some sort of caricature of a Las Vegas <laughs> only for the gambling money. Yes. Spending your uh, money in advance before your gig exactly. is done. That kind uh, of thing. Um, the one thing we haven't touched on, I wanted to mention for uh, playing uh, board games and kickstarting games is, uh, this I haven't gotten into yet, but I get it, is that you can have your entire collection of minis in a game painted for you professionally. What? Uh, that sounds like an L.A. job. It's, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll paint your minifigs? Oh, you? yeah. You literally, you could send them out and then have them come back painted. And some of the uh, Kickstarters, if you want just like the heroes painted, that's yeah. an extra money, but you get them pre-painted. Because is that an add-on? It's an add-on. Okay. Yeah, but I'll tell you... Is it worthwhile? Uh, you know, it, it, <laughs> they look beautiful when sure. they're painted, but it, it, it's um, it, it's it's a bit pricey, and I, and, and it's such it's a so business much work. Now. It's such a business now that there are different levels of painted miniature. There's like basic, deluxe, like literally Premium. how yeah, how much <laughs> you know how much detail do you want painted on your little plastic miniature? Are they plastic? They're not. We're, we're not doing them in metal, or some of them are in metal, and they're because it, I've, I've only seen the painted metal ones. It's mostly plastic because a lot of the games now just have plastic miniatures, right? And uh, so you can you can spend what's a what's it cost to basic? Is it a buck a a, a thing, or is it five bucks a thing? Oh no, it's more than that. It's even it's, more than five bucks. Oh yeah, I mean, you could, this is something like, if you're a true hobbyist, you could spend hundreds to thousands of dollars on. Just to get all of your mini figs painted? <laughs> right. It's, uh, you know, whenever Andy's, whatever, you know, we played D and D and whatever, and, um, they're like, well, I gotta, I gotta get this mini fig painted yeah. for next time. <laughs> and also, it, it's such a thing too, because, um, it's such a particular skill. There's very specific instructions on how to ship, like pack them up and, and oh, okay. everything. So they have to go a certain way. They have to come back a certain way. And, right. and it's really, I, I just read about it because I was curious. I was right. interested in it. Um, because it was the kind of thing where I don't think I'm there yet that yeah, I want yeah, anything painted. I'm, in, I'm enjoying the miniatures, yes. but, uh, um, all right, maybe the hero ones if it's an <laughs> add on, but, uh, I find right. it fascinating too because when you look online to see like an unpainted miniature and then uh, a deluxely painted miniature, it looks completely different. It yeah. really is. It, it's so that you can see the difference between yes, a like crazy different job and a fifty dollars yeah. or some damn thing. It, it's, uh, you I mean there's everything from like shadows where then they put extra things on the base, you know, wow. so it's, it's fascinating. It's like a skull painted. Right. <laughs> Like that guy's uh, really good at his job. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was the last game that you got? The uh, last game was Santorini. That just Santorini. came in a couple weeks ago, and then I'm really excited. I'm getting updates. Uh, Rum and Bones should be next, and then uh, Outlive. Those are the two I have out right now. I don't know when I'm getting the chess set that moves. Oh right, the chess set that moves. But the thing about Kickstarter, as someone who's done them, is uh, the best thing. The the best uh, philosophy about Kickstarter is you pay for it. Don't expect it to show up anytime soon. Right, right. You know, Just, it'll be a present that just yes, shows exactly. up. Yes, exactly. That, that's how you got to look at Kickstarter stuff. I yeah. mean, because every once in a while you get 
the email like, hey, there was shipping delays. The miniatures weren't made properly in China. We got to redo them. Do you keep track of which ones you ordered or is there an account on Kickstarter that says these are the things you backed? These, there's an account on oh, Kickstarter. There's, you look okay. at it like what you do. Because every once in a while I'll forget about something. Like yeah. I ordered, I think, a coloring book. Okay. Once and then that shit, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I ordered this a year ago. Right. Um, but, but I think, too, is... Uh, I think 99% of the people understand that that are using Kickstarter. It's right. that 1% of like, where's my movie? Or why, why is, why is my game done? And it's like, it's right. not a store. That's right. why. Um, and I see it a delay in everything from video games to, like I said, our movie. Obviously there was delays. Right. Um, by the way, I'm talking games. with Chris Mancini, uh, at Comedy Film Nerds on Twitter and comedyfilmnerds.com. And there's, and Chris J. Mancini on and Twitter. Chris J. And at Chris mm-hmm. J. Mancini on Twitter mm-hmm. as well. And there's reviews of movies. There's uh, different movies you can actually buy and stream um, and download. There's hard copies. Of, you also have a lot of stand-up comics uh, products besides yes. Horcrux. Mm-hmm. You've got, um, I think, Dana Gould. Dana Gould, Thrilling Adventure Hour, Thrilling. Crab Feast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of of other products that uh, yes. that that if you if you like stand-up, you should mm-hmm. go and wander. And if you like movies. Yes. You should wander around comedy. A lot of fun stuff there. See what Neil has written this week. Yes. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Our most prolific writer. Exactly. So, um, weird. And, um, yeah, steal this game, Andy. I was going to tell you some of the games that Andy Oh, yeah, please Andy do. Has, uh, it looks like he has seven games that he's waiting to come in the mail. Wow. See, that's a lot. See, right now I only have two, and right. I'm, like, excited about those. Well, he is... I mean, I think it's been established that he's a game designer. Yes. So uh, he cares more. Yeah, seven, so, <laughs> seven I get. There's yeah. something called Tau Ceti Planetary Crisis that he's that he's waiting on. It's I a, don't know it, but it sounds great. A Space great. Empire strategy game? <laughs> oh, that yeah. sounds like something you would yeah, enjoy. Yeah, I did. That's, I am interested. Right. Um, his, his buddy, Ed Baraff, who did The Siblings Trouble, I think he gave you a copy yes, of that. Yes. Uh-huh. a storytelling card game. Another one that my son loved. Yeah, and it's super fun. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's just a great way to inspire storytelling and, and goofy mm-hmm. uh, interaction between you and your kids. Mm-hmm. Siblings Trouble is really is a good one. Um, and um, But he also did one called Heroes and Tricks, and it's a game that takes place entirely in the box. Like, um, it's not a diorama. It's like, I think that, like, you literally, he's got, there's, like, a lot of tiny games now. Mini games. Mini games. Mm-hmm. Uh but physically, but micro games is like another one. Right, so. physically, like heroes and um, heroes and tricks takes place entirely in this tiny box. But the the other one that he brought home, I think he brought it home from Gen Con, was called Mythe. Oh, we did played I show that. you Mythe? We played it. We played it. Yes, and it was adorable. Yeah, and it's great, and it's tiny, and it's fun, and it's and it was fun mm-hmm. because there you use cards to move your mouse to go get the silver cheese, mm-hmm. and you have to get by the dragon, and it's but the game mechanics are kind of simple, but the the card mechanics made it more interesting, right? Because it's not just a roll your dice, move your mice. You were it was almost like. Uh... Go fish where you're taking cards from other people too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the, that, that was the fun thing that was more mm-hmm. interesting because you were like, Oh, I'm going to, because there's a strategy to your hand. Right. And then other people can affect your hand. Yes. Because other than that, it's just 30 paces to get, and then you just, I remember I was trying to, dragon. trying to pick like, uh, I remember at one time I was trying to hold the, the most shitty cards in my hand at once because I knew you guys were going to pick them. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love, that's a hell of a strategy. Yes. I like that one. I didn't mind that one at all. <laughs> Yeah, so um 
But he's, uh, but that was the only one I thought that you would like was that space umpire strategy game. Yeah, that sounds great. Let me know when that one comes in. Okay. Cause there's, uh, Perseverant RPG, a survival story game. That's an experimental RPG, supposedly. I don't even know what those, I mean, I know what those words mean, but I don't know what. I don't that, know what they mean together. Right. All together. <laughs> I'm, I'm at a, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, He's been buying a lot of time travel games because he's working on that time right, travel right. game. Right, right. Research. Like, I wonder what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but have you ever seen a TV show called The Thunderbirds? Yes. All right. Cause he bought the game, The Thunderbirds. Mm. And who knows? It's, uh, and then. Can't say I liked it enough to buy a game. Right, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, he just bought a game yesterday. He just backed a game yesterday called Super Hot the Card Game. And it's a time travel deck building game. So who knows? There's the deck building games are interesting because I was like, well, why don't we just play magic? But right. the, but Hog- the Battle of Hogwarts is a deck building game and mm-hmm. Thunderstone Advance. Did you ever play that? No, uh-uh. it's, uh, it's a board game that's kind of like D and D in the, in the fact that you have a hand, you have a, a deck of cards and you have mm-hmm. five cards and you choose what to do on your turn. You either go to town and buy magic spells or weapons, or you go to the dungeon and fight a monster. But you know in advance whether you're going to beat that monster because everything's laid out. And um I don't know why I like it so much because it's so obvious what you should do. Mm-hmm. But I really do like it. It's a it's a fun game. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. Like, uh you know, there's there's some really cool uh card games too, like you're saying, that are out there that are that are cool. Like um deck building that term, does that mean like you, um, you're building up the deck in the game or can it also mean like with magic where you buy more cards too? Um, well, the great thing about deck building board games is mm-hmm. that they, you, you usually get all the cards. You okay. don't have to buy anything else. Right. There are, uh, I think one of the previous board game episodes of the Dork Forest, someone was telling me it was, oh, it was, it was that guy. Ah, my mind is a sieve. <laughs> um, he was telling me about a great game that you could buy more cards, but, right. uh, like ho- the battle of Hogwarts, all the cards are there and there are seven, there's seven st- scenarios that you mm-hmm. play through. Um, and all the, but you trade out cards. You don't use the same deck for, for scenario one. You use a different deck. And I think that they like, they, they think of it as a, as a toy value there. I wonder though, with a game like Pandemic, like with the legacy games. Right. If at the end of, like I've never even finished, we got Risk Legacy, we didn't get to finish it. Love Risk Legacy. We're, I think we're about halfway through. I mean, we played a couple games with yeah. you guys on ours, but we haven't opened everything. Um, tried to get a game together, but you know, people aren't available. Then you're like, okay, well, I've got three people, then two of them canceled. So right. then, <laughs> and you need the same people, yes. uh-huh. uh, supposedly. And so uh, I'm, I'm ready to throw and that I'm guilty right out of that the window. Too. And I'm guilty of that as well. Oh, of like course. where it's, you know, like, oh, you know, I have this game in my calendar. Now I can't make it. Right. So, so the fact that we're scheduling board games. Right. Is the greatest quality. <laughs> Unsuccessfully. <problem. laughs> exactly. It's, uh, so, um, you ever buy like the 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 I bought that dastardly dirigible thing over at uh, Borders or Barnes and Noble, the one that lived. Is still alive. Uh, yeah, the one yes. that lived, and uh, um, I like that they're turning more into a board game. I mean, I that they've expanded. They're like, we're going to do books, but we're also going to do a lot of board games. So they have uh, dastardly dirigibles and bring your own book. Those are the two uh, board games that I've bought, and they're and they're both kind of 
the dirigible game is a board game, but the bring your own book is just an apples to apples card game. Right. Uh, that right. I've described a million times, which mm-hmm. is, um, you put a description in the middle, like the green card in apples mm-hmm. to apples or cards against humanity. There's a middle card. And then, um, everyone picks a book and then you have to match what is like James Bond's little known tattoo. Everyone has a different book in their hand. You flip through right. it. You try to find something that's funny or interesting or, or appropriate. Mm-hmm. And then the first person who finds it flips over the, the timer. So everybody else has a chance now. One more minute to find their quote. Everybody reads it so it's not anonymous. Right. And then the person who's in charge of the middle card picks. And then whoever wins, wins that card. And and just like apples to apples. So it depends on your library, really. Oh, that's the funniest part of it. I mean, I... and. I've told this story before. Hi guys. Uh, hi Rangers. Uh, it is, we played it here, which has a lot of science fiction and a lot of classics because we want to look smart. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> so, but then we did it at a, a barbecue and all they had was gardening and self-help books. Oh, wow. So it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and when anybody wins two of the middle cards, everybody has to pass their book to the left. So you don't keep the same book. It's a nice, a nice. That's cool too. Mechanic, yeah. yeah. So, so if, if you've you know memorized, the book. <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. If, <laughs> so, what? Uh, so, have you bought anything just from a regular store, like like Target? Like Zombie Side is one I got from the store. Okay. And uh, that one, I actually I want to play that with you and Andy. Yes, please. So uh, we can we can definitely have a Zombie Side night. But uh, uh, that's another one where it's a fair amount to uh set up but i like that it's you can ramp up like the first couple of scenarios don't seem that you know crazy right. rule wise and stuff um but it's a strategy competitive thing like because some of the zombies like the characters can't kill they're too strong like okay. all, you have to figure out ways you know there's only one or two ways to get rid of like you know the bigger like, super zombies super zombies yeah there's like different kinds there's like the uh you know the regular zombie there's the runner that's faster yep. there's the uh um, the quote fatty, the big, the big fat zombies. Okay. And then there's like, uh, something called like the abomination that's like the strongest one. Oh, and really? they all come after you. Wow. So, but like the first scenario is like, we well, just have to escape. Yes. You know, the next one is like, now you have to like break in somewhere and get something and, you know, right. Then it goes further from there. And then there's necromancers that show up and control the zombies too. But the board oh, wow. controls the zombies, which I love. So you don't need like a dungeon master to control them. Yeah. So um, one yeah, person is not like fan. playing the zombies. Right. Yeah. I, I I like it when everybody gets to play the game. I agree. Yeah. I, I like that too, that mechanic. Some people like game. to be the one. But... Like, yeah, the, the overlord or whatever it is. Because yeah. there's some games set up like that where it's everyone against like the one player. Yeah. But I like I like that co-op where you're playing against the board and they have their own mechanics where they, you know, you can... Um, you, no one has to be that player. Right. Wow. Uh, well, let me tell you this, uh, Chris Mancini. Uh, we have, uh, it's been an hour. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's gone so quickly. <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah. Uh, the board game ones do tend to go pretty fast, uh, cause I think I'm interested in them as well. And it's I, a I burgeoning dorkdom for me. Like, I'm not so far into it, but I'm like, uh, I'm getting into it now. And right. I, I feel, I feel like it's a, um, it's it's almost like a resurgence because I was always into them as a kid, but now I'm like kind of rediscovering them. Yep. 
Awesome. Well, hey, everybody, go to Comedy Film Nerds and get Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, by the way. Please I'm in do. It. I'm in it at yes. least twice. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Jackie and bookends it, beginning book, and end. Sure. So feel free to. <laughs> and she might be holding a hobbit sword in one of the scenes. What? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just made myself snort. Uh, <laughs> so Chris Mancini, Graham Elwood, Comedy Film Nerds, the podcast, uh, Comedy Film Nerds, the website, and Earbuds, the documentary. Uh, thanks so much, Chris. DVD and digital. You can get it any way you want. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, uh, It was great. Thanks, Jackie. You're welcome. And Rangers, you know the rules out there, especially now. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?